The Democratic Congress can't help itself. They just decide to spend tons and tons of money, no matter what our deficit is or what inflation is. But why are Republicans helping them out? Students at a prominent New York college go on strike because they all want A's. And I hope you have a Merry Christmas. But please, for Christ's sake, leave the ornaments alone. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Yes, my angelic voice is still not back, but the COVID is gone. I, I am absolutely fine today. Little bit of coughing, no sneezing, no headaches. Two days of NyQuil, I'm good to go. Sleeping a lot, so... It wasn't so bad. That's the good news. Bad news is Josie and her daughter has it now. So Josie also has COVID for the third time. Good for her. You know, I she still doesn't want me to kiss her because she thinks I'm going to give her another strand, even though she didn't quite realize I gave her this strand. So whatever, it is what it is. So I did not want, even though I do not have my uh, songbird voice, I didn't want to skip today because it's the last before Christmas and there's lots going on. So one thing that someone can know, if Republicans and Democrats both agree to pass a bill, it probably is going to be a really crappy bill. On Monday, the Senate released their omnibus package in the middle of the night, of course. They never, Tuesday morning, I guess they did it at 1.30 a.m. They released it. And this supposedly will go, will keep the government running for the next year. The bill will cost a whopping, get this, $1.7 trillion. And the CBO today has said, yeah, it's probably going to cost closer to $1.9 trillion. The bill is 4,100 pages long and has more pork than a Christmas ham from Costco. They are pushing this bill because if something isn't passed, the government could shut down. Like, that would be a huge tragedy. The government shuts down. I'd feel really bad about that. There is so much crap in this bill. So much crap. Let's go over some of the things. This is from the Heritage Foundation and the Daily Wire. 1.2 million for LGBTQIA plus pride centers. 1.2 million for services for DACA recipients. In other words, they're giving illegal aliens uh, tax rebates for San Diego Community College. 477,000 for an equity institute in Rhode Island to indoctrinate teachers into anti-racism. Uh, 1 million for Zora's house in Ohio a co-working and community space for women and gender-expansive people of color, $3 million for LGBTQ plus museum in New York City, $3.6 million, get this one, for a Michelle Obama trail in Georgia. As Ben Shapiro points out, we're not really sure what she has to do with Georgia at all, but $3.6 million for a dirt road? New York State Capitol is set to receive three quarters of a million dollars for LGBT and gender nonconforming housing. Baltimore will rake in two million dollars for a wax museum dedicated to African Americans. It'll be called Great Blacks in Wax. 
Baltimore also is one of the top states, actually one of the top areas in the world for murders. You'd think they'd worry more about that than they would be about a wax museum. New York will get another $800,000 for an LGBT center. An additional 750000 is earmarked for a trans-Latin at coalition in Los Angeles. It's supposed to create workforce development programs and supportive services for transgender and gender nonconforming and intersex immigrant women. Jesus! Are these guys freaking serious? $1.7 trillion. I remember when our debt didn't even hit a trillion dollars. I remember when it crossed a trillion dollars for the first time 10 years ago. Now we're spending double that in one bill. And Republicans went for it in the, in the, in the, in the Senate. Mitch McConnell, for some bizarre reason, said, yeah, I'm proud of this bill. You're proud of what? You piece of crap. What are you proud of? This is a shit bill. Rand Paul, who is very hawkish when it comes to spending money like this, had some real stern words for the leadership of the Republican Party and of the Democratic Party. And he, you got to understand something with Rand Paul. He's a conservative. So that's really why he's got such harsh words. Listen, this is a little longer of a clip, but it really sums everything up. I brought with me the Omni, 4,155 pages. When was it produced? In the dead of the night, 1.30 in the morning when it was released. Now, people argue that it's conservatives' fault. It's, you don't have the Christmas spirit. Somehow you're holding up government. Well, whose job is it to produce this? The people in charge of spending. The people in charge of both of the parties. When did they know that this would be necessary? Well, it's in the law, September 30th. You got nine months, almost 10 months, to produce a plan, to have a spending plan. They weren't ready on September 30th, so they voted themselves 90 more days. They weren't ready last week either, so they voted themselves another week. And now we have it at 1.30 in the morning this morning. But what's the clamor? The clamor is to vote. Vote now. Let's get it done. Why are you standing in the way of spending? Well, the real question is this. What is more dangerous? What is more dangerous to the country? $1.1 trillion in new debt, or as Republican leadership likes to say, oh, but it's a win. It's a big win. We're getting $45 billion for the military. So which is more important? Which threatens the country more? Are we at risk for being invaded by a foreign power if we don't put $45 billion into the military? Or are we more at risk by adding to a $31 trillion debt? I think the greatest risk to our national security is our debt. The process stinks. It's an abomination. It's a no-good, rotten way to run your government. $6 trillion entity, and they want 24 hours to process this, and then they want to go forward. I will be demanding two amendments. One, that this goes against the budget rules. The PAYGO rules say you can't do this. You can't have all this new spending unless it's offset. We will also be demanding that the PAYGO rules are increased. Instead of taking 60 votes, 
to evade the rules, we're going to ask that it be a two-thirds vote to evade the rules. The American people don't want this. They're sick and tired of it. They're paying for it through the nose with inflation. Adding a trillion dollars to the deficit will simply fuel the fires that are consuming our wages and consuming our retirement plans. It's a terrible system. Someone needs to stand up. We're standing up, and we're going to say no. Everything he said is absolutely correct. Everything he said is absolutely correct. This is why Republicans lose all the time. We have no center. We have no, um, where we don't know where we are. Are we conservatives? Are we moderate Republicans? Are we spendthrift Republicans? What exactly are we? Conservative Republicans like Mike Lee, Rand Paul, they're all saying this is insane. You give us a 4,100 page bill and within 72 hours, we've got to vote on it. How are we going to read this stuff? He made, uh, Rand Paul made a comment earlier that basically said, hey, I could have every staffer in my place try and read this bill. We couldn't finish in 72 hours. They're supposed to vote on this tomorrow. Nancy Pelosi, she's thrilled. Chuck Schumer, he's thrilled. And Mitch McConnell, I mean Mitch McConnell, he's thrilled. Because Mitch McConnell isn't isn't a real conservative. And I think this is the problem. This is why Republicans keep losing. We don't have a stand anywhere. We don't have a stand when it comes to morality. We don't have a stand when it comes to finances. If you are a if the Republican Party is supposed to the the, the left does. The Democrats do. The Democrats believe in modern monetary theory. The Democrats believe in spending tons of money. They believe in their leftist morality. They buy all this crap and they stick together. Republicans, they're all over the map. And this is why we keep losing. Mitch McConnell, great politician, not a conservative. And I hate the way he passes himself off. This is the second pork bill Republicans are supporting giving Joe Biden a, quote, win, end quote. I wouldn't even call this a win. I wouldn't call this a win because the reality is this is going to increase inflation. It's going to do nothing. It's going to increase our debt. So, but Joe Biden wants this and he's going to sign it. So there is a poison pill. Bill Lee put in a, uh, Bill Lee put in a, a deal that says, okay, um, this is what we need to do. We need to put in Congress that Title 42 needs to needs to be in this bill. If Title 42 is in this bill, yeah, it's not going to work. We're going to uh, it, it, it's it's got to be voted on and everything else. So the idea is because they're supposed to leave for Christmas break uh, this week this weekend. The hopes is that they can't get the boats in before this bill comes in. Governmental shutdown. F it. Who cares? No one cares about the government shutting down. So we'll have to see how that goes. Okay, here's something from Fox News. Students at an elite private university in New York City are occupying a campus building with the demand that all be given A grades. The original reason for this new school occupation, which began on December 8th, was to support striking faculty members who were lobbying for higher wages and better health care. Though the faculty strike has been resolved, a letter demands now calls for A grades for all students, 
It says in part, quote, we demand that every student receive a final course grade of an A, as well as the removal of IZ grades for the fall, sem- semester, fall 2022 semester. The letter insisted, quote, attendance shall not be have a bearing on the course grade, end quote. So uh, an I grade is a temporary incomplete and a Z grade is an unofficial withdrawal. So basically, these kids who didn't even show up to class should get A's. The letter also states that the occupying students demand a refund, quote, for the loss of instructional time due to the strike, and that, quote, this tuition refund will be proportional to the duration of the semester during which the strike is in effect. Students are also calling for the resignations of the school's president, provost, vice president, and disband the board of trustees. Other demands include a tuition freeze from 2023 to 2028, as reported by the Daily Caller. Students are also demanding the university's president's house be, quote, treated as a communal property. That's just communist stuff. That's all this is. And they're all learning this in school. This is nothing but communism. Hey, you know what they they could do? Oh, uh, well, let's take a look uh, at the bottom. There are approximately 10,000 students at New School. That's what it's called, New School New York New School College is what it is. Tuition is $26,854 a semester or $51,900 for the full year. Our schools are having a problem understanding something. First, the kids that go to these colleges, and it's high schools too, they're stupid. They, No one should take these people seriously. They're dumb. That's why they're in college, so they can learn not to be dumb. And by the way, they want to protest? That's fine. But they should not get their way for every little stupid thing that they want. And if they want to strike, well, go on strike. You're just going to get an F. And you're going to lose your money. Second, it's how stupid these demands are. What is the point of going to a college if everyone is going to get the same grade? If I'm a boss and I'm hiring somebody and they went to new school in New York and I know that everyone got an A because uh, why would I hire that person? Just because you got an A for a semester, a bunch of A's doesn't tell me anything about how smart you are or how much you've learned. And why do people who didn't even bother showing up to class deserve an A? I, they didn't even bother showing up. I'm pretty sure they didn't learn anything if they didn't show up. And why do they need their tuition back? They didn't miss any classes. The strike was literally days. If you want to argue, okay, give them 50 bucks for the day they miss. So what? As far as turning the mansion into a communal property, good luck with that. This is just a this is just communist crap. You think the provost, the vice president, and the president of the university and the board of trustees is just going to suddenly say, "Oh well, the kids don't want us around, so we should just quit and turn the turn the um, provost uh, or the president's whatever <coughs> mansion into a into a commun into a, a hippie commune." Yeah, that's not going to work. But it does show you something. This is what these kids are being taught in schools. They're not being taught anything valuable. They're being taught crap.
Okay, and as far as I'm concerned, hey, you want to keep protesting? Just don't go to class. I'll, we'll, the school should say, we'll keep taking your money. You can register for classes. And if you don't register for classes, or if you register for classes and you don't show up because you're, quote, protesting, end quote, you'll just get Fs. I used to say, you know what, kick them out. No. It, what's ironic about this? Don't tell me any one of those kids is paying for their education. Not one of those kids is spending $52,000 a year on their education. Mommy and daddy are spending it. They're getting it through grants. They're getting it through loans. Not one kid in there is spending any money. Because the, the, the stark reality is a lot of people who can't afford it will just go to a community college and then transfer to somebody, someplace. I guarantee you, the kid that can't afford college that's going to a community college busting his or her ass to get through, guess what they're doing? <laughs> they're going to class. And they're not whining about BS like this. Absolutely incredible story. Well, I mean, this next story, who would have thunk it? Back in 2020, Portland passed a law that would allow people to carry a certain amount of hard drugs for personal use. It includes heroin, cocaine, meth, fentanyl. Okay. I talked about this when it happened, which tells you how long I've been doing these podcasts. But I said the, the, the place, the city was, port, uh, Portland was going to go to crap. Okay. Critics in Portland, and there were a bunch of them, said that legalizing hard drugs was going to be a disaster. Well, guess what? We were all right. Uh, so after two years of this, this stuff being legalized, um, they also realized that we didn't do enough to actually counter the problems that could occur. So homelessness has gone way up. Now Portland is finding they have to spend money to build more homeless shelters. Uh, the drug citations for carrying too much drugs, uh, only 1% of the people are actually being convicted or paying their citations. Most people don't even bother going to court to get the ticket and they screw it. They're homeless anyway. This is fueling more drug use, which means dealers can carry larger amounts of drugs and they don't have to worry about getting convicted because only 1% get convicted. They, the city never thought about what would happen if people became addicted they never thought about how people, what would happen with overdose, overdosing, and all that has gone straight through the roof. So now the city is trying to figure out, okay, well, how are we going to deal with this? Drug trafficking has gone up. Illegal drug trafficking. Mind you, you're not, you can't buy fentanyl in Portland. So people have to be getting the fentanyl from someplace. And they are, they're getting it from drug dealers. Overde overdose deaths, and this is an amazing stat, have raised from 24% to 27% over the last year. Now, think about this for a second. Quarter of your population is dying from drugs. So if you have a million people in your city, think about this for a second, a million people in your city, 250,000 died this year because of their drugs. 
It's it, it's staggering. And believe it or not, Portland, which is at 27% are dying from overdose deaths. Uh, in LA, it's over 30%. It just, these are staggering numbers. Homelessness and mental illness is through the roof because drugs, if you're already mentally ill, typically a drug user will take drugs to calm themselves down. Or if you weren't mentally ill before, you're using drugs, you become mentally ill later. Property crime has gone up by 30%. Petty theft, car prowling, which is the uh, process of looking for things in cars and then breaking into the car. Burglary, all are, have gone straight up. Car prowling, by the way, in San Francisco, that's a ticket. If someone sees your car and you've got, I don't know, a radio in it, and they bust into your car, guess what they guess what they get? They get a ticket for that. They don't even get arrested. Portland doesn't do that, but it's it's early yet. Murder is way up. Now, before 2020, before 2020, let's say the George Floyd incident, which really blew Portland out, the average homicides in Portland, Oregon were 28. In 2021, 90 homicides. That is three times the rate it's gone up. This year, they're already over that. I believe it was something like 93 homicides this year already. And we still got two weeks in the year. In absolute credible. Now, here's the thing. I've never really argued uh, drug legalization, especially when it comes to pot. And the reason is, I don't think it should be legalized. And the reason I don't think it should be legalized is the same reason I didn't think gay marriage should be legalized. It's a slippery slope. Okay, you legalize pot. It's only a step before we legalize cocaine. Then we legalize heroin. Then we legalize meth and fentanyl. <coughs> that was my big problem with it. And I don't think, and I never saw a good reason to legalize a drug for recreational use. I never saw it. I don't think it's great that alcohol is legal. I don't think it's great that cigarettes are legal. But the fact of the matter is, we did try to stop those things from being legal. Prohibition in 1918. But it didn't work out because the drug, alcohol, got ingrained in the society. Well, I mean, pot, heroin, which are pot, heroin, meth, fentanyl, cocaine. These are all extremely addicting drugs. A lot of people say, a lot of people say, well, no, pot's not addicting. Yes, it is. Pot contains more THC than cigarettes. Uh, uh, not THC, excuse me, nicotine than cigarettes. It burns hotter. In San Diego, where I live, they average 30 people, and they say it's safe. It's not. 30 people, at, on average, end up in the emergency rooms because of uh, psychotic episodes that they get from pot. Pot is not a safe drug. There is no such thing. Anything you put in your body, even your food, there's no such thing as a foreign chemical put into your body that's good for you. None. Antibiotics are not good for you for long-term usage. There's just nothing you can put in your body that's going to alter the chemical makeup of your body. It's going to be good, especially the brain. 
So the the big problem I have with the drug legalization is it's the it's the quality of life for people who aren't on drugs, who are productive members of society. I have to walk out into L.A. When I go to L.A., I take the train up there. I, I walk out. It smells like piss because everyone's pissing everywhere. It's dirty. I have to be armed because I never know who's going to attack. I have to worry about myself because nobody cares. The police aren't going to do anything. The government's not going to do anything. My quality of life is affected. I've had family members who've had druggies knocking on their doors in the middle of the night because they, they had psychotic breaks. This is, this is a crappy... And then the leftists won, or the leftists in New York, Los Angeles, uh, San Francisco, Portland, or Washington, D.C. don't understand why everyone's moving to Florida and Texas. Everyone's moving to Arizona, though Arizona might be turning to a blue state because they've started cheating a little bit on their, on their uh, elections. All right. Now, one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast today is there's always the obligatory war on Christmas by Washington Post, New York Times, Slate, Vox, any of these places. And I always want to do one of those war on Christmas things because they always do it. Now, they're, they're, the big war on Christmas stories will come you know, tomorrow on Friday, will come on Saturday, and I'll read those. Maybe I'll play one, I'll, I'll, I'll throw one out there on Monday. But here's, a, here's one from the Washington Post. And again, is it a wonder the Washington Post is firing everybody? Laying everybody off. I, I, it shouldn't be. Okay, this one is called War on Happy Holidays Isn't About Christmas by a gal named Kate Cohen. Now, to be clear, her title and her wording would actually make you believe, in this article, she conflates everything. And the other problem is, I disagree with her wording altogether. I think she's got everything in the story backwards. But it's kind of an interesting read. It's about canceling the term Merry Christmas. Just because she seems she uses some words though. Yeah, you got to you got to take her for you got to take her for granted here. So, let's get to it. Quote, "When I wish strangers happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas, it's a battle cry. I'm not waging a war on Christmas. I like Christmas." But I'm declaring my allegiance to one idea of America that opposes another, inclusive versus exclusive. Now, here's the thing. This is where she really confuses a lot of things here. In one recent skirmish, residents of an exclusive America crowded a a Tescumbia, Alabama city council meeting to protest a forthcoming festival of Yule, which its organizer designed she said, quote, for everyone to enjoy this time of year, that's, that is the winter solstice and also an awareness of the origins of the holiday season. Opponents declared it, rather, quote, a sort of a twisted anti-Christmas celebration, end quote, and threatened to the city and the children. 
Speaker after speaker denounced the festival as a perversion of a holiday that was supposed to honor Jesus Christ, not the devilish Krampus. Okay, so right off the bat, um, winter solstice is a celebration by pagans. It's a pagan celebration. As a matter of fact, one of the reasons Christ's birthday is celebrated on the winter solstice is because he brings light to darkness. That That is one of the reasons he was dropped into winter solstice. We know Christ was, was born sometime in May or June. We know he wasn't born in the middle of winter. But the winter solstice itself is a pagan ritual. The Wiccan religion, witches, actually celebrate the winter solstice. They don't celebrate Christmas. The other problem is, and they didn't really mention this. They did mention it in in when there's a link to that argument in the uh, city council. A lot of people were saying, well, you still can say Happy Kwanzaa. You still are saying Happy Hanukkah. You're just canceling Merry Christmas. That's kind of true. Okay, and you, Hanukkah and Kwanzaa, you can't really say because those are kind of move around from year to year. And the other part here is this gal's just an idiot. Krampus is actually part of the Santa Claus story. Santa Claus is seen as a as a uh, a, a saint, uh, an angel, a cherub, a lower version, uh, a lower version angel. Okay, that Saint Nicholas is Santa Claus. Okay, which is Saint Claus. Krampus is his his opposite it is he's actually the demon of christmas and in in german in german folklore if you listen to the krampus story now in american folklore if you're a bad kid you get a hunk of coal okay if you're a bad kid in germany krampus takes you krampus is a demon he possesses your soul he takes you away so right off the bat this has nothing to do. Krampus is not a pagan deal. He's actually part of the folklore for Christmas. And by the way, is it so remem- is it so bad that Christmas should be remembered as a celebration of Jesus Christ? I mean, it's in the word Christ Mass. And maybe that's half the reason these people want to cancel Christmas. Okay, so let's continue. Toward the end of the public comment period, a lone voice politely ventured, quote, I'm not sure that it's the city council's job to enforce Christianity, end quote, and offered advice for citizens offended to the festival of Yule. If you don't agree with it, you don't have to show up. Bullshit. Bullshit. You're not forcing Christmas by celebrating Christmas. You're not enforcing Christianity. As a matter of fact, a lot of Christmas is based on pagan. Santa Claus, Krampus, those are based, the Christmas tree are based on pagan rituals. You're not forcing Christianity on anything. And just don't go. Does that stop the, does that stop everybody else from stopping Christmas? One of the things this gal wants to do is get rid of Christmas. Okay. Why don't these people who don't want to celebrate Christmas just don't go to the Christmas party or the Christmas parade? 
because they want to cancel Christmas and they don't believe in the same thing we do. Continuing, everyone ignored this suggestion. Clearly, the problem wasn't that they would be forced to attend or even that the festival replaced the traditional Christian one. The twelve See, replace. She's admitting they're getting rid of the Christmas. They're getting rid of it. The 12th annual It's a Dickens Christmas, y'all, would occur the following week. The problem was the idea of inclusion. A similar dynamic was at work in August when Cracker Barrel added plant-based sausage to its menu, sparking outrage among patrons furious that the restaurant chain would no longer be serving pork. Oops, no, I got that wrong. The pork was staying. The issue was that among the 11 meat options would be a single choice for people who don't eat meat. Okay, this is where this, this broad loses it. Okay, the council isn't promoting Christmas. It's getting rid of Christmas. They're canceling and her analogy of a hot dog at Cracker Barrel, a, a vegan hot dog being added, is not even close. Because the comparison she should make is that Cracker Barrel added the vegan hot dog and got rid of all the other meats. That's the comparison she should have made. Because that's what they're doing. They're getting rid of Christmas. I don't understand how I can't get a job at the Washington Post because these guys are idiots. Anyway, continuing, possibly a certain segment of Cracker Barrel diners feel nostalgic for good old days before vegans and legally enforced non-discrimination policies, or possibly impossible sausage is a sign of change, and some people don't like the change. Um, is she kidding here? No, they don't care that you added the vegan hot dog. They were worried you were getting rid of all the meat-based foods. That's what they were worried about. She said that. The article continues. Uh, but I think exclusive America, and this is where it gets ugly, but I think exclusive America was simply incensed that, even at Cracker Barrel, inclusive America was winning. Inclusive America recently thrilled to videos of black girls watching preview to the live-action Little Mermaid with Holly Bailey and a black actor and as Ariel. Exclusive America flooded YouTube with negative comments and argued that the mythical girlfish <coughs> should be white because mermaids are European. The original story is Danish, and everyone's childhoods will be retroactively ruined because Disney will be destroying all copies of the animated 1989 version. Okay, first off. <laughs> first off. Notice how this goes. First off, she calls me, who doesn't want Christmas canceled, exclusive. No. I'm inclusive. I don't care. We can celebrate all of it. Don't get rid of Christmas. You're trying to get rid of Christmas. You're being exclusive. I'm being inclusive. Add Christmas, add Kwanzaa, add, um, add uh, uh, Yom Kippur or uh, whatever it's called. Add, add whatever. Don't take away mine. You're being exclusive. And by the way, um, first off, Disney is never going to get rid of the 1989 version of, uh, of uh, the uh, Little Mermaid. You know why? Because it's a thousand times better than the Little Mermaid with the little black girl. I mean, it, it, it's a terrible movie. I saw it. I, I had to see it because the kids were there and it was god-awful. It, it was just woke nonsense. 
And by the way, I didn't have a problem seeing it, even though it was woke nonsense. I wouldn't buy it. I wouldn't pay to see it. But whatever. It's, it's, that's, that's when I sit back and say, okay, that's what I mean by I'm inclusive. I will see that if, I, if, I, if my kids want to see it. My grandkids want to see it. Doesn't mean I have to like it. And if I don't want to see it, I just won't see it. And, and you notice how she sticks race in here? So now if I'm pro-Christmas, I'm anti-black? Conflation. She conflates a lot in this article. Rewriting the reflexive December salutation to include people who might not be celebrating Christmas, putting a solstice festival on a town's event calendar, expanding the range of ethnicities represented in children's movies, adding more choices to breakfast menus, all of it poses some sort of vague, unstated threat. Or, but untrue. Or stated, but untrue. Like the claim that same-sex marriage weakens traditional marriage. Um, yeah, it, it does. Or that including, because basically what you're doing is you're conflating that same-sex marriage is the same as uh, opposite-sex marriage. It's not. Opposite marriage couples can have children. Same-sex marriage cannot. Or including trans men in the discourse about abortion erases women. Trans men are women. And the fact that trans men can have abortions means they're women. Or the teachers using gender-inclusive language or acknowledging the existence of same-sex parents constitutes indoctrination. It does. You're trying to convince our children that same-sex marriage and transgenderism is good. How is it that we've gone from less than half a percent transgender kids to 4% transgender kids? Because you're indoctrinating kids. And by the way, that's all in the same place. Los Angeles, New York. You don't hear a lot of transgenderism happening in Idaho or the Dakotas because they don't push it. People can still marry partners of the opposite sex. They can still speak to pregnant women and girls and about mommies and daddies. No one is forcing anyone to choose an unspecified gender on their passport forms, although the option has been available since April. You can still identify yourself as male and female. This is where she's wrong. Just dead wrong. They are trying to force us to acknowledge same-sex couples. They're trying to force us to use these preferred these preferred pronoun crap. They are trying to convince us that a man can be a woman and a woman can be a man. They're calling us bigots if we say that. This is not true. They are doing that. Okay, I, I'm done with this article. I, it, it's just it, it, it's it's a stupid article, and you you get the you get the picture. In the end, she basically is saying that what we agree with as conservatives, she's pointing specifically to conservatives here, that what you believe, you can still think what you think, but we're going to add things. Well, the problem is, no, you're not, you want us to stop thinking the way we think. I, you want us to stop thinking that only men can be men. You want us to stop thinking that only women can be women. You want us to ignore what you folks are doing in schools. And we talked about 
the closing of Splash Mountain last week, that's exclusive. And that's the other thing. You keep calling us exclusive. We're excluding things. No, you're excluding things. We just want our religion left alone. We want our traditions and our culture. We want it left alone. You keep taking it away from us. You are excluding it. Happy Holidays is a prime example of that. It's taking away Merry Christmas. Why can't I say Merry Christmas? Oh, there is something I do want to push up here. Because here's something she says. For the record, I like the expression Merry Christmas better than Happy Holidays, which reminds me of a cheap cards and officialdom. It's the bored mantra of them all. Inclusive language can be blah. Spouse and pregnant person and Happy Holidays make blurrier images in my head than husband or woman or Merry Christmas. That is an important statement because you know what she's pointing out? That we're making things kind of dull. She admits that. But she justifies it. She says it's got to be that way to be inclusive. These guys and their definition of inclusivity is dull. It's boring. It destroys. It has no meaning. Happy holidays has no meaning. If I go up to someone, I say, Merry Christmas. And oh, well, I celebrate Hanukkah. Well, I say, Happy Hanukkah. It has, and you know what most Jews will say? Merry Christmas. Because they understand the greeting. Okay, well, anyway, in more, uh, we have to end this podcast with something funny. Um, Well, it's not too funny because apparently this is a thing. According to the New York Post, here's one way to ensure you have a happy and healthy triple X Christmas. United Kingdom doctors raising eyebrows across social media by warning people of the dangers of masturbating with ornaments come Christmas time, which is apparently an actual trend. It's, quote, it's not advisable to masturbate with Christmas ornaments, Dr. Sarah Welsh, a gynecologist, told Need to Know Online. She was listing the dildos and the don'ts. The del <laughs> that's clever. The dildos and don'ts of the scandalous Yuletide tradition which sees people hospitalized after getting frisky with everything from glass baubles to candy canes. Indeed, trying to make Christmas come early with... God, the language here. Come early with ornaments is apparently hazardous to one, one's health. Quote, Christmas ornaments can have sharp aspects or pieces that can break during masturbation, which can cause soreness, the risks of trauma, and are generally unsuitable for your vagina, warned Welsh who co-founded the condom brand Hanks. In other words, leave your elf on the shelf come to Christmas. Leave your elf on the shelf come Christmas time. Now, I won't describe some of the things I did by accident, but I won't describe some of the things. I'm definitely not going to post the pictures that they have. But the article does end with something I was kind of curious about, and they do talk about it. According to data from the UK's National Electronic Injury Surveillance System, there are, get this, 13,213 cases in which people aged, ages 25 to 64 inserted, quote, decorating items, end quote, in their bodies in 2021 alone, Jam Press reported. So, advice to you, just leave the ornaments on the tree and do your thing the old-fashioned way. 
and have a Merry Christmas. Folks, have a wonderful Christmas. I love you all. God bless. America. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Paul.